0: Give people their due, brought to you by Soka and the Fatima Center. What is due to another person, given that he is made in the image and likeness of God? For example, no one deserves error, each man has a right to his good name, I must honor my word, and provide, materially and spiritually, for those under my authority, even something as personal as marriage. Don't just live it for your own good or that of your children, but also for the good of society and the church. All this and more is discussed by Kevin Rorty in this 30th episode of Our Lady's Shock Troops. Praise be you, Jesus and Mary. I'm David Odenigas, content director for the Fatima Center, joined by Kevin Rorty of Soka. Good to see you, Kevin. Great to see you, too, David. So I know last time we talked, we said that we would look at the virtue of prudence this time. But uh, in retrospect, and with some reflection there, I thought, boy, it might be the prudent thing to go over and do part two on justice. <laughs> I see what so, you did there. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like... You know, we had all these thoughts. We had all these notes shot down. I mean, I had notes and I was writing, scribbling while you were talking. And I was like, oh, all these other things I got to say. So I'd rather have us focus a little bit more on justice. The virtue of justice is kind of part two on justice. If you start us off with a prayer, I'll start us off after that. And the Father and the Son of Lagos.
1: Bene Sanctus Spiritus, tuorum Cora fidelium, et in the Mashende. Spiritum tuum renovabis
0: So just as a quick reminder, we are talking about the virtue of justice and in very simple sort of quick terms, the way I encourage you to remember it is: justice is giving everybody their due. Uh, you can add more things, you know, like at all times, uh, giving God His due, is the virtue of religion, but to give everyone their due. And so I think a great way that we can examine our conscience with regard to the virtue of justice is to first just ask ourselves, well, what do I think is due to other people? And of course, we're not, we are not just going to think about this in a natural way, but in a supernatural way. So we have to start off by saying the human being, the human person, I, myself, and others are created imago Dei. In the image and likeness of God, our triune God. So now you have to sort of phrase the question by saying, well, what is due to a creature, another person, that is made in the image and likeness of God? Right. So that's how I'll tie in some of the things you were talking about last time, for example, like the kindness and the friendliness. A lot of times we don't think of that as justice. You mentioned that last time. But if you sort of stop and say, wait a second, that person is made in the image and likeness of God then I do owe them a kindness and a friendliness just because of that great dignity that they have of being in the image and likeness of God. You know, another thing you can, the golden rule is great here. You can think of what what would I like people to give me? What do I think is due to me? And obviously I prefer it if people are kind and friendly towards me than if they're not. So that's another way of going about it. What other things are due? I think you mentioned last time, honesty. So I wanted to hit that again. We don't often think of honesty as being part of justice, but it is because again, each person is due truth. Nobody is due error and lies. no one deserves that, and God abhors lies he 's not a god of of untruth and of error, which is why, for example i 've a uh, quick little story you know when people proselytize with false religions, my wife has actually stood up and told me, "You have no right to do this because what you 're doing is just spreading error, and that doesn 't sit well with our culture that is so relativistic, but it 's true you 're not Supposed to give people error. That's not you to them. You don't have a right to do that. And it's an unjust thing to go around, for example, spreading, uh, let's say, a Protestant beliefs or Muslim beliefs or Hindu beliefs, Jewish beliefs, pagan beliefs. That is unjust because it's not truth. And everybody deserves truth. We don't think about those things.
1: Yeah. And we live, like you said, we live in a very relativistic society that would say that this notion of justice is against what Jesus himself taught because they would say that Jesus was a matter of just being nice to people, you know, letting people be how they want to be and just fulfilling themselves. But those same people, as soon as an injustice is done unto them, they they blow up. They're like, this is so unfair. How could they do this to me? Blah, blah, blah. But if they hear about it happening to someone else, they'll be like, well, that was just that other person's truth. You know, they were just doing how they felt. And we have to remember, our Lord did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. We are called through the Beatitudes, not just be nice and that's it. It's being nice on top of, not being nice, but being truly kind for the good of others, on top of filling all the minimal stuff. We have to do all of the things and more. I mean, not certain prescriptions that were more arbitrary law in a certain way, but in terms of the Ten Commandments, for example— uh, we are called to be charitable on top of all of that. So we can't be truly charitable if we are not also just, if we're not also giving people their due. And in our society, I think what's particularly not understood is your word. Back in the day, you'd say your word matters a lot. You know, if you make a commitment to something that you feel a real you know, binding to that, even in, you know, pagan cultures and things like that, there was a real sense that, you know, you have this sense of integrity and honor and justice that your word matters. And so often you see in a very basic level of people being very flaky, but also in terms of making bigger commitments when it comes to vows to marriage or to celibacy. For example, people are unfaithful to these vows so often they don't take them seriously. And then they justify it by saying, well, that just, you know, that was at that time, but it wasn't for
0: later. You know, I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I've heard that so often. I mean, we, we got to emphasize here that justice is not – there's individual justice and things you owe to other people, but there's also a justice you owe to society. And so you owe things to society, and society owes things to you. Justice is reciprocal in both those ways. I find it fascinating because one of the things I really appreciated from Father Rodriguez specifically is how he would say you've got to think of that bigger picture. So, for example, with marriage, you meet someone – And they're struggling, right, with the big D word. They're like, you know, this isn't working out. I'm not personally fulfilled. You know, I'm not happy. And so often the wisdom of the world is like, well, you got to do what's right for you and and find your happiness and that kind of stuff. And Father Roderick one time very clearly stated you're in your marriage because this is for the good of society. And this is for the good for others. And insofar as you stay in your marriage and you suffer in that and whatever your vocation is, it'd be the same for, you know, a religious and the religious life or a priest and his vows. It's you stay in that. And it's not just about you and your self-fulfillment, but for every person who stays faithful to marriage, you're actually giving a due to society and to yeah. others. And of course, to God because of the vows you've made. So you're in it not just for yourself and not just for your spouse and not just for your kids, although they're forefront in your mind. But you're also living out that marriage faithfully, because that will affect every other person, and that will affect society as a whole. And we don't think of our marriage in those terms very often. I did also think it was really great how Father Levius once said, "Every time I meet these couples, married couples who are living out their marriage well, through all these difficulties and these struggles right there being just in that way, it actually fortifies me and my own vocation as a priest." Uh, because, again, it's that example of living justly, doing your due, staying true to your vocation, those vows. I mean, that shows very clearly what is due. So we don't think of it often that way. We make it too individualistic, and we also got to think for the good of the church. You know, you live your vocation for the good of the church, for the good of your country. You live the good of your marriage and your vocation for the good of all of us, right, because all these other people are made in the image and likeness of God, and that's due to them, too. Right? you got to give them that good example and that fortification, strengthening of them.
1: Yeah. And coming to the daily duties, I think one thing that that is often overlooked as well under this notion of justice is how we say things, how we speak, in the sense that we should try to speak in a way that reflects truth. So things like slander or detraction where you're tearing other people down in their reputation, which is just way more valuable than we give it credit for. You know, people do that left and right these days, but that is truly an injustice to tear down someone's reputation when you understand the social connections and all that. But then even when we exaggerate at times, or we speak in a way that doesn't reflect the real nature of things, or we underplay things, or in, you know, narcissistic sort of communication, manipulative, gaslighting, all those kind of things. Those are so unjust. We act like we don't even think in terms of how can that be a vice or how could that be a sin or whatever. We don't think that's even in the realm of sin. We only think of often more personal sins or, you know, very serious things. But those are sins. Those are against justice. And we're really striving for virtue. We've got to recognize that, you know, Slater oh, yeah. making things up about people or just tearing down their reputation or exaggerating or manipulating. Any of those things are really unjust.
0: And that's a very important thing for us to consider as we examine our conscience on justice. You know, again, going back to that book, Spiritual Life by Father Tanqueray, one of the things he said is when it comes to justice, the very first thing that every man is due is his right to ownership. So we have to respect his right to ownership. And I think people get that a little bit, like private property. And that's why we're so against this atheistic, communistic era yeah. of Russia. They're trying to take away all our rights. They're trying to take away your own property. They're talking in 2030, you know, you won't own anything and oh, you'll be happy. Right. All these lies are here right now. They're really destroying that. And that's not how man is. Obviously, a whole show could go on that. But the second one that Father Tanqueray mentioned is how everyone also is due their good name and their honor and that that's part of justice. So that's what you were just hitting on. And I agree because in this world of like social media and everybody getting on Twitter or whatever else they do to immediately say this or say that, I mean, there is such a destruction of people's good name. And oftentimes you don't even know them. You're talking about things you know very little about. It's sort of like this gut reaction, rash judgment mixed in. And everyone's just out there filling their mind with things and letting loose their tongue, saying a lot of things that are not true, hurt truth. So it's not just and are damaging people's honor, damaging their good name. As Catholics, as Christians, disciples of Christ, we really have to work hard to avoid that. And that often means biting our tongue and maintaining silence and not saying so much and saying, you know, maybe I got to keep quiet here instead of just, you know, sending some response. Uh, Is this really doing what I can and what I ought to preserve a person's good name? Even if it's true, a lot of times we're not supposed to talk about it or say it because we still have to do our best to preserve their good name. Uh, there's some strict conditions under when we can even reveal, let's say, the faults of someone.
1: Yeah. So and
0: then, we, and we, and we fail in justice a lot there.
1: Yeah. And I would say communication, even in the sense like, I really like how you said the D word, like you shouldn't even use that word in marriage. I would say even bringing that word up would be a form of injustice, because if you're saying things that seem threatening or seem like you are, putting yourself, you're you're trying to create division in certain ways, that's against justice as well. So it, it comes down to these little things, you know, if we're aiming for heroic virtue, we have to look out for those little ways, little ways that we, we don't necessarily see right off the bat that are actually unjust.
0: Yep. So again, just going back to when you're thinking about justice, do you think my duties, what is due to others? Uh, what am I supposed to be giving that person because they're made in the image and likeness of God? We've certainly talked about very, very briefly the property rights that someone has, the right they have to a good name, the right they have to the truth, the right they have even a duty we have to be friendly and kind, to do the duties of our state. You know, all of those, I think, are very important ways that we can examine our own conscience with regard to justice, as well as, you know, last time we talked a lot about like fighting. I mean, we do have to fight those forms of oppression because justice is there to protect the lowly, to protect the powerless. Um, there is that element, too, you know. One thing that I, I think people should know this about history, that was in many ways the church's role in society. And you see it in centuries past, no longer today, and it's really unfortunate. The church often acted as a very powerful force, compelling nations, kings, states to act justly by protecting those that were more powerless or didn't have the ability, you know, didn't have the money, didn't have the weapons, didn't have the influence to ensure their rights the church could step in as a powerful moral force and really help keep everyone's rights and therefore create a more just society. When you separate church and state, automatically is going to create a very unjust society. It is impossible to have a just society when church and state are separated. And the church, unfortunately, in these times of great crisis, has been losing a lot of its moral authority. And so it's not acting as it should in the world As a force that promotes justice and keeps justice and everyone kind of in check on justice. So we have to do our best as disciples of Christ to live justly in our lives and to help Holy Mother Church so that, you know, she is this force that keeps and maintains justice in the world. It has happened in centuries past and the triumph of the Immaculate of Mary. It will happen again. That era of peace that we long await when Russia will be consecrated, but we have to do our part. You know, so that's another way of now tying into Fatima, if I may, is just Living the Fatima message is what is due to God and what is due to Our Lady. She made this tremendous effort of coming to visit us at Fatima 1917, asking us to pray our rosary every day, right? Asking us to wear the brown scapular, do the first Saturday devotion, prayer and penance, offer this reparation. So that's part of our duty now. And therefore, it's just for us to respond this way to God's great magnanimity and sending his mother to give us this great blessing, to give us this great spiritual weapon in the rosary, spiritual shield and scapula. So, I mean, justice really does tie into a lot of these things.
1: Yeah. And one last thing I want to bring up, we talked about this, the daily duties and your state of life.
0: In terms of thinking,
1: how can I give those under my authority, for example, their due? Think in terms of What are the most essential things that they need on a spiritual level and on a natural level? And that that's your first requirement to make sure you provide everything that allows them to achieve those most basic essentials in place. That's your first thing. So make sure those are in place. So like if you have an addiction to something or you are wasting a bunch of time, like let's say you're supposed to provide for your family and you waste a bunch of time and you don't do well at your work or you you don't make enough money or whatever because you're not trying hard enough or you're wasting time or whatever. Like that is not just a failure in terms of with your employer. It's not just a failure in terms of your own personal sin, so to speak, of laziness and all, but it's also unjust to your family. So that's one example. There's many other ways where you can think of, okay, how can I make sure that I provide to do to my children or to my spouse or to my parents think of what are the things that they the essentials that they need and how what is my role in that context that's how that i think yeah thinking with that end in mind the telos their what does it mean for them to flourish baseline and then beyond that how can you provide even more than just that baseline that's how i would look at what does it mean to fulfill your duties of of state at least in the context
0: of parents Yeah, no, that's great. What do you need basics to survive? And I like that you said, both naturally and supernaturally. You know, I mean, I won't get into this because it's another huge issue. But I mean, for example, you want to provide your children with baptism. You want to provide them with regular grace, like confession and Holy Communion, Eucharist, you know, going to Mass every week. I mean, these are things you need to survive spiritually. And so we have to do what we can to make sure that people have the availability to feed themselves both naturally you know, with the basics like shelter and clothing and food and drink, medicines, but also that people have what they need supernaturally for their supernatural life to flourish. Grace, the sacraments, prayer, all of those things are there. And, I mean, the last note I'll say is don't forget they are the duties you have to yourself. What do you need to survive and to flourish? Because right now what I've seen is a lot of people are slipping into depression. It is growing by leaps and bounds. A lot of people are, like, getting into suicide and euthanasia and even – hospitals are handing out in different countries like the like pills or poisons that can kill you and people are doing it because they get depressed well a lot of times when you're depressed it's because you are not even providing for your own self what you need to survive even if it's just a false narrative of lies of you know i'm no good nobody likes me i have no purpose and so you're feeding yourself lies in this false narrative the devil obviously is behind that too but you're falling into that false narrative instead of seeing the glory of god the beauty of god all the good things that God is giving you and you're not even providing oftentimes, you know, what you need in terms of your spiritual life, even in terms of basic stuff. Sleep, food, smiles, kindness. You a know, kindness to your own self. We're often yeah. not kind to ourselves. We can be hardest on ourselves and that is part and parcel with this depression that's really affecting a lot of people. So I think it's, it's a lot I think, to examine our conscience on justice.
1: I think it's a fantastic point that in order to yeah, give others their due, you have to make sure that you are you have the strength and the I mean, from a modern perspective, the mental state to be able to do that. And I think what I was going to add on this was setting a good example is one of the most essential things you can do, you know? And so part of that example is like, what do you want your kids to be like? What, what mindset do you want them to have in terms of their outlook on life and with supernatural eyes? And how do you talk, you know, do you talk in a very cold way to everyone or are you very demotivated or is, you know, are you not? Taking critical so yeah, yeah is everything just bad you know are you just slugging through and you you have no no sense of that vibrancy of divine life really you know in the mago day you know as david was saying i think that those are good things to reflect on within this context of justice because that example is going to be handed on to your children or to those around you whether you realize it or not and whether they realize it or not
0: amen to that sir all right well I'm glad we got to flesh out justice a little bit more. Uh, Obviously, there's so much more. We're barely hitting tips of the iceberg here. But that's all we have time for. Uh, Let's go ahead and close again. Let's offer reparation. We'll offer the prayer of the golden arrow and reparation to our Lord for all those blasphemies, offenses against, Him, violations of the Holy Day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most mysterious and unutterable name of God be praised, blessed, loved, adored and glorified in heaven, on earth, and in the hells by all God's creatures and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Another great show. Thanks for helping us out here with justice. I want to express my gratitude to you on my behalf of Fatima Centers and everyone who's watching.
1: Likewise, David. It's really awesome to be here. Thank you. God bless.
0: God bless. Our Lady's Shock Troops is brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. The message of Fatima is the solution for our time. Only she can help us now. It is urgent that we live according to Our Lady's message and share it with everyone we know. For more resources and to support this vital apostolate with your donation, visit our website Fatima.org or call us at 1-800-263-8160. May all we do be for the glory of God and salvation of souls. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us.